0: I am able-bodied, but I have a bullet coming for me. I just don't know if that bullet's ever gonna hit and to be able to interact with it when you don't have that bullet coming and being like having gratitude for being able to do really cool things with your body is is like really hard and i'm in a weird way like thankful that i have this because it's kind of framed me as a human being to be able to like look at people in the eye and say what do you really want out of this experience does it doesn't matter does any of this matter why did you sign up for this marathon tell me And they're like, this is why. I was like, okay, so if you have to walk, what does that mean for the experience you set out to have? And they're like, it doesn't change it at all. And I'm like, so
1: what are you worried about? Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes, I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspects of running and what helps people to achieve success, however they define it, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. Thank you to Tracksmith for their continued support of this podcast. Tracksmith is an independent running brand inspired by a deep love of the sport. Their new fall collection just released and is now available. It features staples ready for all of your training and racing needs. As the weather begins to change, versatile pieces are essential for handling whatever the season holds. Tracksmith's Twilight Quarter Zip and Horizon Long Sleeve are standout, transitional pieces on the run. The pin-dot mesh of the Twilight Quarter Zip makes for a lightweight and airy top that can be layered or worn on its own. The Horizon Long Sleeve delivers the familiar feel of cotton with the performance of a tech blend that can be put through the paces and then be worn out for coffee afterwards. By using code FTLR at checkout, you can receive free shipping and support Bigger Than The Trail, an organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. This episode is brought to you by Freedom Solar Power, the company I use to go solar on my house. Go solar this year and you'll get to take advantage of the 30% federal tax credit next year. It's time to break free from rising electricity costs. When I first started looking into solar, I thought it would be a clunky and expensive process. Going solar isn't as hard as you think it is, and Freedom Solar is a turnkey solution focused on educating the consumer and making sure they have all the information they need to make sure going solar is right for them, both financially and as a way to help the planet. Freedom Solar operates in Texas, Colorado, Virginia, Florida, and now North Carolina, too. There are plenty of other great options nationwide. I have a super important question for you. Are you giving your body the nutrients it needs to help bolster and protect your immune system? How do you know? Friends, I'm here to help you eliminate the guesswork with two products that have had a huge impact on keeping me healthy and strong during my training and races that I strongly encourage you to try. Prevenex Probiotic and Prevenex Immune Health Plus are powerhouse products that can help you perform at your best and keep you healthy, especially as we move into a season where bugs that can take you down are everywhere. Use code FTLR for 15% off your purchase at Previnex.com. That's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com. And we're live. We're doing this? Yeah, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're, we're doing Steve, this.
0: get your beer. <laughs> Approximate to your microphone. Yep. Two,
1: one. Uh. There it is. Cheers. All right. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. We are back with the uh, the only person I drink drinking IPA with. <laughs>
0: I truly, really didn't know.
1: Uh, I just, maybe I just assume that everyone
0: likes IPAs as much as I do because they're the most drinkable, fantastic beer on earth. You and do
1: well on the West Coast.
0: They're, it's a different kind of beer. It's more of like a skunky, like bitter. There's like a stronger bitterness to it. It's not as like fruity and tropical as like a New England style IPA. Or I like, like a both. Sour. Oh, I like sours too. Sours are legit. You don't like sours?
1: Well, we're here with a couple of beers, Brian and Steve, a couple of spines. A couple of beers, a couple of dudes. A couple of beers, a couple of dudes, a couple of mics. My... Um, one of my high school buddies, uh, his wife has an Instagram account called Couple of Calves. So, it's unfortunately, we don't have a couple of calves. Cows? But calves, cavishons, dogs. Oh. Yeah. We don't even have one dog. Yeah.
0: Sorry, buddy. She had to go home early. Have been earlier in the day. This place a real kennel. That's oh, yeah. We have <laughs> multiple dogs now in the office.
1: That's awesome. It's great. So, before we get too far, we have two guests on the mics today the mic today dr brian has been on the podcast before that was pre,
0: pre-pandemic? I don't remember, to be honest with you. I don't.
1: It it wasn't because… No, I think it was pandemic because I think it was here. Yeah. And it was the first live podcast that I did. Oh, yeah. That's um, right. So
0: it must have only been like a year ago.
1: And Yeah. And you had the the like 6.9% IPA. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you listen to the end of it, our words <laughs> start to link.
0: Uh, this is kind of yeah. more like
1: like this towards the
0: end. Well, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, you have to speed us up by the. end. <laughs> anyway, uh we're going to go intros one by one here. Um so so let's start with with Oh man. Brian. I forgot you do this. Yeah, who who is Brian? And Brian. you you get to hear the answer or I'll, the question. I'll,
0: I'll go that. <laughs> oh man, such an ambiguous question. Um I think it changes from day to day or week to week. I think right now I'm uh a business owner who is feeling super passionate about owning a business and owning a business in, in an ethical way and in a way that morally feels good for for me and and Steve and um but also like probably having the most fun with patient care ever right now I'm really feeling like Pain used to really scare me, and uh, not me personally, right? Not my pain, but other people's pain. It was really stressful. It was really hard to manage, and it was really hard to internalize. But like, I think we've kind of come to this place where we're embracing different models in the practice, as far as like a not having a pain-centric focus of our of our care, but more of an understanding of pain um, versus fearing it and trying to just get rid of it, and so. Practice is just super fun right now, uh, and I'm really enjoying that process, which is giving us freedom to think about, you know, what's next, where does this company want to go, and and how are we going to evolve in the healthcare sphere. Um, also, a dog parent to a mildly uh, annoying golden <laughs> retriever who, on any given day, is either a sweet baby angel or like a little bit of a dickhead, and um, yeah, everything in between. That's me right now.
1: And we got Steve as well. Steve, who is Steve? Also, I feel like I could go
2: a few different directions with
1: that. It's um, always interesting to hear where people go first. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are right. you going to go first?
2: All right. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would say I'm, I'm somewhere at a point right now where I feel like my exposure in practice has made me struggle recently, but also is like motivating me on the back end to like fix that struggle, but in a in a constructive way. Kind of similar to what like Brian was saying. We've we've both been doing this for about six years now. And I think we've we haven't seen it all, but we've seen a lot of of stuff at this point. Um I think my my past six years of practice have kind of compounded and like made me feel pretty comfortable with dealing people's issues problems pain that they come in with um, but also kind of made me realize like how much of that is just like this cyclical process that comes from the same things that could be you know just resolved better if some more underlying baseline things were just addressed better as a whole
1: like strength training strength training yeah like <laughs> like, like,
2: like that would Spo- <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> Was we'll just a little drop there. Um, yeah, that's a big part of it. But yeah, I think I think that's my that's my big season right now. Like Brian was saying, like who I am now. Like I think everyone's obviously got their seasons. We all change. But for me, that's that's my that's my main route for where I'm I'm kind of focusing on in practice right now. How do I how do I get people to really want to take more ownership of the things that are more longevity based more sustainable things that really kind of build up the human versus making them just another cog in like the healthcare wheel
1: i love that so brian about 10 minutes ago asked what are we going to talk about today <laughs> and as per usual uh i didn't have a specific list of things that i wanted to address but figured we'd run our mouths a little bit yeah absolutely. Drink, drink some of this beautiful ipa um, By the way,
0: how are you liking your IPA? It's great. It's great. <laughs> actually, let's do this right now. Grab your beer. I'm going to flip the mic on you. We're, this This is happening. Okay. I want you to take a sip. I want you to just hold it in your mouth for a second. Take a deep breath in through your nose and just walk me through your IPA experience here.
1: Uh, what do you taste? Really take your time.
2: How's it start?
1: How's it- yeah, yeah. How so, does- not much of a… Didn't have much of a taste to start. <laughs> <laughs> and then the finishing notes of… Dry hopped with citra and amarillo hops. Yeah, I, did, I didn't. I didn't sense that on my palate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Your your use of the word skunked. <laughs> no I'm kidding. Wow. No, I, I'm just not an IPA You're guy. Not an IPA, not an IPA guy. Do do? I like? Sours. I like lagers. Um, mostly sours. Mm. Um. All right. Okay, but but jokes aside. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing that I that I find fascinating about you guys is the like. I'm going to do it attitude in starting a business literally at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I think you started this, what, in April of 2020? Yeah. And it was for health reasons. It was for personal reasons, yeah. but at the end of the day, it didn't matter. It was the beginning of a pandemic. It was a, the beginning of you're doing something uncertain in one of the most uncertain periods of Human existence, right?
0: At least the last hundred
1: years. (laughs) At least the the time we've been alive. Yeah, and hopefully forever, and that we ever experience. So, I'm curious about fear. I'm curious about your. I don't want to say like bravado, or just like, did you think about that at all, or was it really just like a we're gonna we're gonna do this and take take a leap of faith? First, we're at forward spine and sport. Yep, a. How do we describe Forward Spine Sport?
0: We are a multidisciplinary rehabilitation center that focuses on spine injuries, pain, and sports injuries and pain using rehabilitation movement as the primary source of getting our patients, quote unquote, healthy or well.
1: Cool. So we are in an old building in the Back Bay area. And in a basement. In a basement, having, <laughs> no window. Having this conversation. Um, okay, so I just wanted to sort of yeah. lay the groundwork of yeah. of who these guys are, what we're what we're even talking about when it comes to like building the business. So, day one. Why? Day one. Had <laughs> to. Uh,
0: yeah, we had to. We had to. Um, Steve and I we met in grad school. We met on the first day of school. It's a long story. But long story short, we ended up um, just really hitting it off. We ended up doing everything together. We ended up in a lot of leadership roles together. We traveled a ton. We were roommates for a year. And I don't, I don't know if this is the same for Steve, but like for me, Steve really fits almost like into my like family order. There are people you meet who are like friends, and there are people who just kind of become like a brother. And and that's you know how my relationship is with Steve. And I'm sure what's interesting about brothers is sometimes you love them and sometimes you want to choke them out. (laughs) Right. And, um, but at the end of the day, they're like, it's like family. You don't have a choice. It just happened. Um, and so, you know, we had, it was, it's interesting. I've always been the dreamer and Steve is like, the halfway there dreamer but more anchored in reality it just depends on his day when in reality i'm not anchored in anyone else's reality <laughs> except my own
2: if you catch the strong breeze will float off into the universe <laughs> and
0: people have been busting my chops about that my entire life always always it's like i'm disorganized i need people and i've just only in the past couple of years come to realize like that's my superpower and as long as i'm not worried about it it doesn't bother me <laughs>
1: I love I love this because this is this is the direction that I've like found myself going with the podcast with like so many things where like someone has to be the dreamer and then someone has to manage the dreamer.
0: Yeah, and I need multiple people to manage me, let's yeah. be honest. Um and it's like it, it's kind of a joke and it used to like literally like upset me a little bit, but I'm like people have been saying this forever. It's true and you know what? They love me just the same. So like it's it's kind of my superpower, and I just let it do its thing. And sometimes it's insane and makes no sense, and other times it actually is doable. And so, you know, April comes around. I don't have a job. Steve just finished with nonprofit work in Africa. God bless him. Um, and we were like, hey, we've been talking about this for years, dreaming about this. You know, big goals, big aspirations. We used to sit around at night and talk about how we were going to change healthcare. I still think we're gonna do that personally. There goes the dreamer. Um, and we're like, okay, let's go. Like, I think it was like a twofer. We were really excited and terrified, and also like we didn't have a choice. And so it was like, this is gonna work. There is no other option. I don't know about you. I'll pass it over.
2: Yeah, I mean, like it it really was a bit of a forcing of hands, you know. Like Brian mentioned, he was no longer at his previous practice. I came home at Essentially, nothing to go to work to because of the pandemic. And for all the spitballing that we had done over the years, you know, through a school with the experiences we had and the other people we met and talked to, like we knew that we wanted to do our thing, but we had to put our stamp on it for how we did it. And we were like, well, world shut down. This is as good as time as any to kind of put the plan together and make it happen because we had both worked for other people. i had also been an associate in, in North Carolina and in New York. And like, there's a difference when you have exposure to watching other systems work and like other offices and you just see things you don't like. And you see things maybe you probably shouldn't see from like a healthcare standard practice. And we're <laughs> like, we just didn't want to do it that way. Right. Like, when, Like Brian said, we want to do it ethically and morally, but still do right by people and give them the best service. And like, it's kind of like one of those things you see on social media it's where it's like, oh, like you want a healthy relationship or like healthy this or like whatever. It's like pick two and there's like the three <laughs> things that you still want and you're like, damn it, why can't I just have three? Right.
1: The Amazon trucks now say pick two and it's fast and cheap.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bezos. No, they is, don't. Bezos beat us to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um
2: <laughs> no. I mean, I can't you can't win with them. I mean, they're gonna own the world one day. Um But it's like one of those things, right? So it's like, how can we try to hit all the boxes really well without sacrificing one of them, right? So we just had to, you know? And I think if either one of us realized, like, this stands to be our best chance to do the things we want to do well, like, we just have to bite the bullet for these initial growth years, start the practice, grit through all these early years for the good days and then obviously, like, the less ideal days. But just know that, like, somewhere... In the back of your mind, you are building towards that the dream still, you know.
1: Talk to me about your relationship with fear and how each of you may have a different relationship with fear. You go first. Hmm. That's what um, I was hoping you'd say. Wow,
0: that's interesting. So, Wait, are you my therapist? <laughs> <laughs> Where did that question come from?
1: Yeah, that one prepped. That was I was like, no, ready no, no. To go. This is I, I don't prep anything. It's just we roll.
0: You ever prep for any of your problems?
1: Um, I never prep for any of my pods. Sometimes I read a book that's sent to me by the guest. Uh, like if they're, if they are, um, their publicist has reached out and, and wants a book promoted, but Jen, you're,
0: you know what I love, I love, sorry, this is totally aside. but like your growth into this just like, doesn't blow my mind because I know how like you can just put your head down and go. I admire that so much about you. But like I remember when you were like in the beginning, you're like, all right, who's gonna sit down and talk with me? And (laughs) now people are reaching out to you and be like, hey, will you interview this person?
1: And that's fucking cool. It's and good for you. It's it's so surreal sometimes. Like today I spoke with Allison Desir and we spoke for an hour and I was like, I learned so much. This uncovered so many blind spots. Um, and I mean, somebody asked why I still do it. I've done 230 episodes and like, I learned something every single time. And I, sometimes I am a little embarrassed about the fact that I don't prep at all. Like I was listening to the Rich Roll podcast and he said he preps between five and seven hours per guest. <laughs> he's, a bit of a, he's a little bit on a different level. It's his full-time job, but also that's a lot. And I... I think I can only once or twice think of a situation where like, I truly didn't know what to say or, or didn't know what to ask. And it's interesting, I, yesterday I dove into the, um, into the comments and their reviews of the podcast um, because I've been asking people to write reviews and it's one of the easiest ways to grow a podcast and help more people learn about it. So if you're listening, it'd be amazing if when you finish this episode... If you're not running or something you can do it now but uh reviews are much appreciated but i was reading through the reviews and so many of the the comments were like asks questions based on the conversation or like i love how this it's it's a conversation the the podcast we did a year ago the feedback i got from that one was like it's a conversation between two friends sitting at a bar basically and that's what's going on now. Know, it's, it's what's what it's it's what it's like, that's the highest praise that you can give me because that's my full intention. I don't care to write a list of questions and check them off. I'm not asking questions for question's sake. I want to like have a dialogue. And when I started the podcast, I loved it so much because none of us have touched our phones for the last 18 minutes and 30 seconds. And we're looking at each other in our eyes. And we're listening to what we're saying. When was the last time you did that? Even with your partner or even with like your parents for 18 minutes. True.
0: Well, we do it <laughs> 10 to 15 times a day yeah. every single day. Okay, so it's you're right. Yeah. yeah, great That's point. That's a different question yeah. for us because, uh, I mean, I don't have a chance to look at my phone,
1: right? Well, I'd say you're in a position of privilege for that. It's where
0: it's like yes, like and, yes no. and no. It's
1: yes, and it's a give and oh, take, sure. I'm
0: but, very pleased not to be
1: but it But it's, in, it's, it's so unique. Maybe that's a better way to put it. It's so, it it's so unique in this world and nobody can hold a conversation anymore. And so I love this medium because we're forced, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to like actually have a real conversation. And so I feel that when there's a list of questions that you're attempting to like check off the list, it can just really are you listening that. right exactly now that being said like <laughs> i i just did a podcast with a guy who wrote out i don't know 10 or 12 questions and we talked for two and a half hours and it was like he interviewed you. yeah you and i guests. could have gone for five hours and had like true dialogue and each each point was each topic was like a launching point and so that's the that's the argument for like questions but it was a question leading to an entirely new topic
0: right
1: um not quite sure where i was going with this if i had a list of notes i'd,
0: <laughs> I'd <laughs> the,
1: to get back to we were I'm talking kidding, about but, prepping because right, i called yeah, you yeah. out
0: for being like you had that question loaded, loaded yeah. right yeah. yeah
1: so 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 no Fear. i didn't have that question loaded but what I, I think i was getting at is i have a list of or or some bucket of themes that i like to discuss mm-hmm. and my whole intention with this podcast is like let's have conversations with interesting people doing interesting things who may or may not have achieved like conventional levels of success and what other people might determine as success and unpack what has allowed them to be successful and understand the barriers that they've jumped over or pushed out of the way. And so when I ask the question about fear, it's in relation to there's so much unknown in front of you and you just said, fuck it we're going for it like and so i'm curious like are you someone who is not fearful or are you someone who is a dreamer and i'll just figure it out very long so two two things i think
2: (laughs) a going to your point about what you said like for the conversations and the questions i respect the hell of that because you you don't want to have that point of like checklist bullet points, right? Like right. you want your conversation to flow. And I like even just watching you, this is the first time you and I have ever really sat down and had a conversation like this too. Like it's very natural and there's that flow state to it, right? You have more of like that theme and like the principles or the guidelines for how you do this, not the like rigidity of it. And like, that's what's beautiful about doing it this way. Um, so I respect the hell out of that. Like I'm enjoying this to no end right now. So this is, this is great. But two, to go back to the fear portion of it, um and you're not getting away from that question too i'd be (laughs) i'd be full of shit if i said i'm not worried or fearful about like where this ultimately heads like do i think we'll fail no am i always thinking about like where we'll get to or when and where and how we'll get to the points we want to get to yes and i know brian will have his own points to touch on this but like our experiences over the last six years have been wildly different versus like how we got to where we are in starting this business. Um, I don't want to call yours more typical or traditional. Oh, mine was cushy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we'll call it, we'll call it that. I I had a little bit of a different, I had a little bit of a different road with that. Um, And I won't go into like the nitty gritty of it, but like I had worked abroad in two different countries for about a year and a half total. And I also bounced between, Two associate positions, one in North Carolina and one in New York. What's associate? Um, uh, like uh, like a a lower, a junior, level, a junior doc, practice. yeah. In in an office, um, you you show up, you treat patients, you do as good of a job as you can. You know, you you collect your compensation, yeah. you get to go home at the end of the day, and not worry about like what the practice ultimately does or how it runs. Um, so we had a, a difference. You're coming. a doer. You're a, a, You're a grunt.
1: A grunt. Yeah. Not yeah, grunt but yeah. like you, you, yeah doer yeah. You, yeah you
2: you have responsibilities and you complete those mercenary. responsibilities right you don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. send mercenary. you out and do yeah, your yeah, job and yeah. then come oh, back to yeah. so like ultimately to your, like you don't have like the decision making <laughs> responsibilities yeah, right, right? right and like that's that's what we have now we have we we were all the a give answer, and right? take, yeah. yeah um so my my road to get to where we opened the practice was much different than Brian's um, but going back to the point if you're like I feel like my exposure to working in two countries for nonprofits and two very different associate positions along the way has for sure given me a lot of fear along the way but I would again be lying if I said I'm I'm not afraid I just know how to manage and try to control my fear better like I know how to kind of like assess my risk a little bit more accurately versus being like holy shit I'm like way out like over my head, because I've had those moments already, like for context, like one of my, one of my nonprofit positions, like I essentially got bid and switched on like the contract I was offered through the ministry of health I was working for. And I essentially took that position because I was like, okay, if I go, I can afford to be there. And then when I couldn't, I was like, I'm knee deep in shit right now. So (laughs) it was a little tricky to kind of get through. Um, but now being here, like there's a lot more control over what we can do for those types of things. I mean, yes, we're still responsible for like patient care and making sure we can help people get better and have better ownership of their, their movement, what they're doing to take care of X, Y, and Z pain. But like in between patients, it's like, okay, how do we manage our social media and how do we manage like this billing issue? How do we hire a billing person, like all the other backend stuff? So. I'm I'm not afraid of these things per se. It's just I've tried to become more tactical in how I approach the things we have to be responsible for and like know which one needs more time and energy and which ones need to get cut. Thoughts, comments, concerns. It's,
0: it's your story. There are no thoughts. Yeah. <laughs>
2: no, I'm just saying because like I know, I feel like you're going to have some some thoughts too. And like, and and, and just knowing how Brian kind of operates, like there's a point in a time to be like, Fearless and you should never let your fear like dictate your decision making process. Like, you should always try, in my opinion, try to have a degree of ownership over it, right? Like, knowing your emotions, recognize them, and having like ways to kind of like tactically use them is a big tool, I think. And I still struggle with it. I know I do, but having that awareness of it is more of a priority and a way to kind of. Work through it versus become stuck by it. Does it make sense? Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The Brian
0: can't. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and by the way, these are six point seven percent, which is, I mean, not. It's, it's no. I've had ten percent double IPAs. I mean, you literally can't drink two of those. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can. This this is gonna be a nice little. It's my face is like tingly. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, a gentle petting on my face. Um, yeah, I think I was like thinking about it and I'm glad Steve actually went first because I was like, at first, I was going to be like, yeah. I mean, fear has played like a minor role in this, but if I like literally think about it, and I can unpack this with my therapist like later, uh, as in Monday. See you then, Dan.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Say hi to Dan for me. <laughs> we now see the same therapist. <laughs> you guys I, don't, right I don't
0: know. I don't know how he's going to feel about that. Anyways, uh, yeah, John and I have the same therapist. Um, and he's great. Thanks, Dan. Uh, thanks, Dan. You're doing strong work.
1: And Seriously, ther- though. Can we talk about therapy for a second? Go. So in the conversation I had with Allison today, she made the comment that we are how do I say this without she made the comment that so much in society is a a fault of it's not the right way to say it impacted by the uh, assumptions or demands of young white males and like the failure of society to um, help from a mental health standpoint. So, oh, any opportunity to talk about yeah. therapy for men is mm-hmm. a great opportunity. So, again, I've loved this platform because I can say whatever the hell I want on it. Yeah, yeah. While also talking about like things that actually matter, and so it's cool to hear like what a what a funny circumstance where I mean like sort of introduced you oh, to Oh, yeah, I think. yeah. But,
0: <laughs> you did. But like, I was like, hey, do you know a therapist?
1: He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And I reached out. And- but like so casually, we just have the same therapist. And uh-huh. and like, can you imagine talking about this five years ago, 10 years ago? I think I could. I started going
0: to therapy 15 years ago. So like- I got you beat on that. Do you?
1: <laughs> Not that it's a competition.
0: Well, I, I think that's, <laughs> that's pretty unique to have- Right, no, totally. I was 19 when I started therapy. I probably should have started therapy before that. So I'm shaking my head
1: for
2: me, not for you. Yeah, yeah. My, like I should have started long ago
1: too. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started in third grade because I was really? like a really troubled child. And wow. my parents were like, this is happening. And so, like, when my dad suggested that I do this, I don't know, probably 2018 again, it was like, yeah, that makes sense.
0: As in and, start therapy again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I basically went through um, junior year of high school, junior year of college when I like stopped needing meds to Um, thrive. Yeah. yeah.
0: To regulate and balance
1: for. So it's so fascinating that. So you see a therapist too? So
2: I had in the past for a while. I got to a point where I felt pretty comfortable like running on my own. And therein lies the problem, right? Because like I'm, I'm very much like a, I'm like I'm feeling good, like I'm gonna make a run at myself. Like I don't, you know, if I don't feel like I need help, I'm gonna try to do it Han Solo, right?
0: The irony is that one of the things that we talk about with mm-hmm. our patients, because we're clinicians, is like when people are out of pain, they stop coming,
2: and mm-hmm. that's actually
0: when people need to double down. Yeah. Yep. Right? Because pain is a shit indicator for for what's actually going on in your body. And hopefully I'm shouting. It out yeah, it's working. Like, oh. It's okay, working. Great. We could probably needed... just put these down. I was going to say, I've never, needed... <laughs> I've never needed a mic. So, um, yeah. And so, like, for me, when I'm in therapy and I'm like, I'm feeling good. I don't have anything to talk about today. The weirdest shit comes up. And I always have something to talk about. You know what I mean? And
1: and so. You? You always have something to talk about?
0: I mean, yeah. I'm kidding.
1: Again. Um, I'm just talking about talking in general.
0: Uh everybody who knows me knows I can talk forever.
2: The, the worst and thing that could ever happen to him is he loses his
1: voice. <laughs> I can talk through that too. I believe it. So <laughs> but so so what I think is is fascinating is we're in a room of three dudes who all see therapists or we have, have been to therapy and like how normal that is. And okay, maybe it's normal for the three of us, but <laughs> for society five years ago, two years ago, probably not a pretty normal experience. So it's, it's cool to see that. It's cool to see how social media has like helped to remove a stigma around mental health. Um, I have a relationship with Tracksmith and Tracksmith is a sponsor of this podcast. And as part of that, they donate 5% of all purchases with my discount code to a resource called Bigger Than The Trail, which is a nonprofit organization that seeks to provide counseling and resources with, in regards to mental health through trail running. And so trail running is the medium to help people with mental health, as well as seeing clinicians and like actual resources. So it's the tandem of clinical support and getting outside into nature. And so I'm very grateful that they support that. I think
2: that's dope. That's a, that's a good Avenue.
1: Yeah. The outdoors. Yeah.
2: Like (laughs) being outside, being outside. Yeah. Imagine you you get to spend some time in the sun and enjoy (laughs) fresh air and, Green stuff, like...
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, when I moved to Colorado, people are like, oh, what's, what's it like living in Colorado? And I'm like, well, I'm like living this level of happiness that I didn't know could exist. And it's not like I spend my entire time outside. I have a job and et cetera. But like the outdoor access is so different. Being in nature versus running on pavement, this kind of a thing. Um, it's just like, it's incredible. And there's so much research around being in nature as yeah, 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 yeah as yeah. as a form of i don't know what you want to call it but therapy therapy yeah,
0: yeah. i'm gonna put a pin in that one and say that therapy is therapy yes, absolutely um only because i feel very strongly about this that very often i have patients who use movement as their therapy it's and like on a t-shirt yeah yeah running is my therapy yep. crossfit is my therapy whatever and i think that is a bad idea, if I want to say that. And I i mean, this I'll be on my soapbox for a minute. I would discourage individuals who are using exercise as a means of emotional regulation. Meaning if I don't exercise, I struggle with basic day-to-day tasks, getting through a workday, things like that. And if I don't exercise for an extended period of time, things get really dark. I would argue that you're probably using exercise inappropriately.
1: If you've been enjoying this podcast and can spare 90 seconds of your time today, can you do me a favor? Can you pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review? It helps other people find and enjoy the podcast too. Thanks so much. Thanks again to Tracksmith for supporting the podcast and for their continued support of not just this podcast, but for the running community in general. I'm proud to partner with Tracksmith and I'm excited that with all purchases made using the code FTLR, you will get free shipping and Tracksmith will donate 5% to Bigger Than the Trail, an organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for and provide resources related to mental health. Thanks again to Freedom Solar for supporting this episode of the podcast, as well as our desire for a greener energy source. The buying process was fascinating and so eye-opening, most notably how simple and cost effective it can be. I'm excited to pay my learnings forward. If you're curious, message me on Instagram or Twitter, and I'd be happy to help you get in contact with some great resources or even just answer some questions. Freedom Solar is a full-service solar company installing solar panels and backup power systems since 2007. They operate in Texas, Colorado, Virginia, Florida, and now North Carolina too. My parents have the same panels from a different company in Massachusetts. More than a few friends and podcast listeners have already gone solar, and they're all so excited and happy with the process with Freedom Solar so far. I got to talk about this last season of training for a second. So while training for a CIM, I've hit the highest weekly mileage I've ever hit and highest monthly mileage I've ever hit. What's really cool about that is I feel awesome. I feel like I could just keep running and running and running. And I also have the energy for everything else in life. I haven't gotten sick, even despite those around me getting sick, not even the sniffles for me. And I obviously can't pin this on a single thing, but I've been really diligent about taking PrevenX's immune health plus and probiotic incredibly diligently. I've been taking that every single day since March and it's helping. So I encourage you to check it out and use code FTLR at checkout for 15% off at PrevenX.com. Thanks again to Gooder for supporting this episode. I have more than a few different styles at this point, and I love them all. At $25 a pop, you can leave a pair in your car, your backpack, or really anywhere so that you'll never be without some shades. You can feel good about your purchase, too, as 1% of Gooder's annual gross sales, that's not just profits, go directly to environmental nonprofits working towards making our world a better place. If you'd like to support me in the show, treat yourself to a pair or two or three of Gooder's and head over to Gooder.com and get free shipping with the code FTLR. Your face will thank you. Do you remember what you said to me on the table in the Tracksmith office in the spring of 2019? I say a lot of things. In context, in in this context? In this context. I had achieved like a lot from a running perspective in terms of progress and growth.
0: Uh, I think that was around the time that you were just throwing down these like massive workouts, like going out and blasting 20 miles with like 16 of them at, you know, marathon pace or faster or much faster than any goal pace that you've ever run. No. So I I remember the time period and I can imagine what I said, but
1: I don't remember exactly. You said said you're seeing this growth because you're doing the work and the work was therapy.
0: I do remember this now. I do remember (laughs) this. And I remember exactly why I said it.
1: Why'd you say it? I
0: said it because I remember, you and I have known each other a long time now. And I have the fortunate background of being a pretty competitive runner, uh, even more competitive triathlete, um, tried to go pro. And so I've been at a level of competition that demands a lot. And so, and again, this is not like, oh, I'm so good. It's more just like, this is the experience I've had. I've seen it. I've been there. I lived it. And the more I like forced The physical, the more I like forced like workouts down my throat and ignored my actual wellness and my emotional well being. This was at a time I wasn't seeing a therapist. And now I'm just like slapping myself in the face Um, to understand like my why I was out there and actually like triathlon at that time became a job and I hated it. And Speaking of fear, fear drove my entire triathlon career. What if I'm not good enough? What if I don't make a pro? What if I don't make an Olympic team? And it was just what if, what if, what if, always afraid. And because of that, that's all I focused on. And I used all of my neurologic availability into stress and anxiety, into fear. And so my physical performance suffered. I was training 30 hours a week.
1: Wow.
0: Like, you know, to I, no outcome. I got slower. I got slower. And and because I was doing the same circuit year to year, I could use those as benchmarks. It was like, and it was California, so it was like same race conditions, <laughs> same, same course. Yeah, it was the same. And you could control for those variables, which was like, looking back, now you're just like, shit, now I'm in New England. It could be hailing, snowing, or anything. I don't even know. Um, and I was getting slower, which made me more frustrated, yada, yada. And for you, it was like, I'm just really enjoying the process. Like I'm just out here and I'm feeling a lot of joy and I'm listening to my body. I'm not forcing anything. And I was so impressed because a year earlier, you were a hammer and you were just.
1: And the sort of broken is fascinating. Yeah. That was a year into working with David Roche. And yeah. so that was like coming oh, up right. on a year. He like, another- yeah, like flipped the switch, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is super cool. So as you're saying that, I think, I think back to, you were saying running is not therapy. Therapy is therapy, but running can be therapeutic. Correct. And so- a Big difference though. Big difference. So this past weekend, I saw my grandfather um, who has Parkinson's and it's advancing and it's not great and he can't move on his own. And like I picked him up and put him into bed and he was, it was like moving a, a body that didn't respond at all. And my other grandfather died with Parkinson's, not of Parkinson's. Uh, but he never like suffered; his body never like truly gave out. And so, I remembered in the summer of 2019, I was in Florida visiting my grandfather, and I went for a ten k, easy ten k, and I was like, I saw I don't know ten people in wheelchairs, and it's 90 degrees, 95 percent humidity. I'm like, how fucking cool is it that my body works? And that I can move, and who cares about these conditions? Saturday, I get out, I run an hour easy, I turn onto the marathon course, and then I just like hauled. Started ripping. Just absolutely (laughs) ripping and like bawling my eyes out, blasting my legs. And I was talking with Kara Goucher about this, and Kara is like so family focused. And we've connected a lot on this, like, love of family, particularly grandparents. And she's like, that's when running is more than running. And, like, that's the point, right? Like, Laura Green, I don't know if you know her. She, um, she's very funny on Instagram. You've probably seen her reels. She posted ahead of the Berlin Marathon or London Marathon, whatever marathon she's running. See, I don't even know what marathon she's running. it. it one of the marathons in of the, in marathons this in the next this weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but her point is that nobody cares. So I'm yep. illustrating the point. I don't even know what marathon she's running. Yeah. And the point is nobody cares. It's like, did you have fun? Did you find meaning? Did, was there some sort of value from it? And so that period of time is so fascinating because I truly stopped caring about times. And <laughs> the time started happening. And they did. And, and I PR the marathon by 20 minutes and i was so stoked because of that process and like that comment that you made has stuck with me because of what it signifies and it signifies doing it not just doing the work but doing the right work and focusing efforts and energies in places where it, like it actually matters and who cares if you can run at 259 or 559 or if you can run at 159 i care about that but <laughs> Everybody else can fuck
0: off. Everyone that.
1: else, it doesn't matter. But if you can run a 159, it matters. If you run but, 159, but
0: even, you should be on this but podcast. even
1: still like Kipchoge's commentary around it is I'm interested in the pursuit of human potential. Like, what is your potential? And so for him, a one fifty nine is the expression of what's your potential? What's your potential? Well, I did it. You can do it too. Or I didn't do it, but I took a shot, and so that's the part that like I find so so useful and empowering. Yeah,
2: it's it's a really it's a really powerful driver, and I say this with the context of also personally knowing like what what that experience you have with your grandfather is. So like my mom has MS, and she's had MS for what am I going to be thirty three in a couple of weeks probably about 31 years wow. thir- 30 years, roughly give or take a couple. Um, I mean, it's less obvious when you're kind of like a teenager and a kid and, like, you know, it's there, but you're not like acutely paying attention to it. But then as you get older and you obviously see like the physical changes and other things that come with it too, and you're a little bit more focused on it, like it sticks in your mind more readily and you kind of timeline it better, right? You connect the dots more. And, for having just run my first marathon ever, like me and Brian, we did you know Boston this past April, um, his first marathon as well, and we both fundraised for it. I mean, he did his for his McCourt Foundation that he's a part of, and I did mine for Spalding because they do a lot of work with neurologic conditions. And I unfortunately didn't get a bib for the MS Society, but I figured you know they're they're the next best option, right? So having that direct exposure and like knowing what the availability is to do things with your body and then directly being able to see like what the inability to do things with your body looks like potentially to different degrees is like a huge driver. And some patients of ours are like aware of things like that and others, you know, just through circumstance haven't had the opportunity to like see those things. So it doesn't necessarily click. Right. But I think if you're someone who's aware of those things, like the framework changes, right? The context changes. And when you have those things that become those like underlying drivers for that potential kind of thing, it's like, fuck yeah. Like I want to definitely go use my body differently while I still can as yeah. long as I'm able, right? Because I just simply can versus the people who
1: cannot, unfortunately. I mean, it was like a, like a visceral or out-of-body experience that the faster I went, the better it felt in that moment. And I was like, at some point, these legs won't work. It's not that day. It's going to go from it, good at, to yeah, but, yeah. but, but, but no, like, I, mean, I mean like physically. Yeah. Like there's not a day not that speed comes. or turnover in that moment. I was like, it, maybe it's next year. Maybe it's in 50 years. Maybe I get hit by a bus and I never experienced that. But like yeah. at some point, I won't be able to do this. But that day is not today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it was so weird because like I… Eased into going faster and faster and faster. And the faster I went, the like, better my mind felt. Brian, I'm curious how, how you are hearing what Steve is saying.
0: Uh, which part? The,
1: the, the gratitude most- of the body, the health yeah. aspect.
0: It's funny because it, uh, I don't think about it that often. I'm pretty blessed. For those of you who don't know, I have MS. I was diagnosed. Uh, two weeks before graduation from grad school, 2016, um, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dick kicks, that's uh, that's it right there. That's I only, I only that's a it.
2: dick kick. I remember that phone call coming. That's when I was in Rhode Island for my clinical stuff. We were yeah. talking, and you're like, oh, "I'm in the hospital." So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue.
0: Um. So yeah, it's for me. Like um, my relationship of movement has changed significantly from you know two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, um, and I think it depends on the day and where you catch me and and kind of where where I'm at. I think what I've learned is to be way more intuitive with movement and listen to my body on a level that I think a lot of people don't want to do. And they want to tell their body what to do versus listening. Um, I think it was funny listening to you two kind of talk about it. I was like, you both have experiences with family members who have found disability, unfortunately. Um, but that's not my experience yet. And I don't know if it's going to go there. And it might. Um, I know I don't have a lot of control over that. Um, there are lifestyle factors that I can mitigate, maybe potentially, right? But we still don't know a lot about MS Um, as far as progression. Some people progress for no reason and others don't. And I'm super lucky right now. So um, I feel very gracious that my body can do just like pretty insane things for the average human being. I've been, you know, very blessed with Physical genetics. I don't want to say I'm the most genetically gifted person, but like I definitely have a great gene code, especially from the endurance community standpoint. But I've also stacked on like 15, 20 years of endurance training. And so it's always there. I just have to go like kind of recover it a little bit. Um, So, but, but I'm, I'm healthy, you know, and I try not to dwell on what could be. But it is very funny to, to listen to people who don't know if anything's wrong with them, right? Like for all intents and purposes, I, you know, I don't know your full health history and we don't need to jump into it here. But like,
1: I did a poop test the other week and all good on the inside. I'm doing
0: a poop test coming up. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, God, we're fucking weird. <laughs> what the hell? Um,
1: it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing to do.
0: Like, dump in a box.
1: Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Or and then, then you like scoop it out <laughs> oh, Christ into great. into that was tubes. Great. So, so <laughs> my girlfriend Kate is a nurse and
0: you had her scoop out. No,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so she was, she was sleeping and I was in the bathroom that was <laughs> she attached. Waited
2: for, she waited till she, she, no.
1: <laughs> and uh. so, okay. So, anyway, it's in the morning and I can't believe we're done. It's your highest quality poop. You're like, no, I really no. want
0: to put my best foot forward with this dump collection. Great, great
1: point. Yeah, must do in the morning. That's a tip. Um, but, but I put on an N95 mask and gloves and she was like, are you kidding me? I do this every day. Like, what are you so? Anyway, people have different skills and, and tolerances there and things. Go. And I can't imagine nurses are angels. Let's yeah, put yeah, it that yeah. way. The amount
0: of asses they wipe. <laughs> Innumerable.
1: Yeah. Uh, So yeah, long story (laughs) short,
0: um, it's really interesting to hear people who are like, I am able-bodied, but I have a bullet coming for me. I just don't know if that bullet's ever going to hit. And I think to be able to interact with it when you don't have that bullet coming and being like just having gratitude for being able to do really cool things with your body is, is like really hard. And I'm in a weird way, like thankful that I have this because it's kind of framed me as a human being to be able to like look at people in the eye and say, like, what do you really want out of this experience? It doesn't matter, right? Does, does any of this matter, right? Why did you sign up for this marathon? Tell me. And they're like, this is why. I was like, okay, so if you have to walk, what does that mean for the experience you set out to have? And they're like, it doesn't change it at all. And I'm like, so what are you worried about, right? Like, it's like liberating. It's truly, truly like, and the context is changing. Yeah, it, exactly. it's, but it's, it's kind of weird. Cause I do think if I look back to when I was the most competitive and I was the most, like I was, I was fast. Like I could run fast, bike fast, swim fast. Were was, you healthy? Uh, emotionally, probably not. And the number one driver back to your first question, 45 minutes ago, the number one driver for me was fear and that was like being locked in a fucking cage all the time and it and i very rarely was liberated from that very rarely was there like a workout where i would just like fly and be grateful because it was never good enough it wasn't fast enough my watts whatever blah 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 so to now be to some extent liberated where i'm like none of this fucking matters no one cares what i run right N- literally no one does i care And there's the context of the people around you who check in on you, and it seems like they care. But really, I think they only ask things because they know it matters to you, and they want to feel like they're engaging with the things that matter to you. I
1: wanted to ask how many of your patients asked how fast you ran at Boston, but I I don't want to ask because I think the answer is probably a fair amount for that exact reason. They think... Yeah. it's more important than it is, or it's important to you. So it's like yeah. expected that they're gonna ask this question. Or am I totally wrong and nobody asked?
0: My hunch is that I I think we're very blessed. We when we set and this is like a long explanation, but when we set out to do this, like we did not just wanna be people who like dock in a box is kind of like the thing. We did not wanna be dock in a box.
1: We wanted a community of people. <laughs> It took me a second to understand what that meant.
0: Yeah, yeah, like we're in a
1: box it, right
0: now, and you're a doctor in a right, box, just yeah. doing doc in a box shit. Right, you
1: call me Doctor Levitt, so I'm a, I too am a doc in exactly. A box. You're a
0: doc yeah. in a box. Three you're docs a in a box brain. right now.
1: Um, I'll send you my credentials. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> need you something framed by yeah, now. I need a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do that. I think that's um, a VistaPrint logo at the bottom. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think people. Like followed up, right? They tracked and they knew yeah. what time I ran, and for all intents and purposes, like uh, my time was was good. Like I know people dream to run as fast as I ran,
1: and but you probably thought you could run faster.
0: I mean, I blew up in the most fantastic way. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Oh my god, it was <laughs> unfucking believable. Like uh, I've, and
1: it's in those moments that you're like. Man, I signed up for this, and yeah, you didn't just it. sign up for it. You, for you raised five thousand dollars to do ten. this, ten thousand yeah. dollars to do this. But that's that's the crazy thing. Like my last, the last time I ran Boston, I I was leapfrogging with my friend down Beacon Street, and um, perhaps we would have finished faster if we stopped leapfrogging. Jokes aside.
0: <laughs> the dick measuring contest <laughs> in the last three miles.
1: No, it was it was run running and walking and running and walking <laughs> oh, okay. and running and walking. Okay. There was no measurement <laughs> yeah, yeah, of anything yeah. besides how slow we were going. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I finished next to her. And she's a two fifty something marathon, like two fifty low marathoner. And we we finished in like three thirty-six. And so I thought I was gonna run, I don't know, two fifty-seven on that day. I do remember. And right. And we ate burritos and I drank a bunch of athletic beers here before I made it all the way home. You came by the <laughs> office. You walked right by. Yeah. Oh, I didn't walk by. I walked to.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Because <laughs> uh, I could stop. <laughs> I got that massage from someone on Newberry Street and then walked over here. Um, and he told me that my, my arms were incredibly tight and sore because they were. Anyway, was this the massage just, yeah, some guy with a, ther- with a hyper ice uh, on the street. Um, anyway,
0: one hyper does
1: not a clinician make? I couldn't lift my shoulder. <laughs> I don't remember.
0: You just why. ran a marathon. Who gives a shit how tired you are? I
1: don't remember why I couldn't lift my shoulder. Anyway, um, it, yeah, in that moment, I was like, I can't believe that this is. I, volunteer. it's, I volunteered for this. This is so goddamn painful. But it's also so awesome. And now we have that memory of yeah. like puttering through the last 5K together, which like I kind of never want to experience that again because it was horrible. Same. But, but you did, and we did. And again, the like takeaway is often hard things are just hard temporarily. And I like to think of that moment of like, wow, this is brutal. Like Boylston Street feels so far away. But it showed up eventually.
0: Eventually. And then it's done. Yeah.
1: And and then you eat burritos and drink beers with your chiropractor. (laughs) Cool.
0: My my ending was a little less happy than yours, but...
1: (laughs) I don't think we can talk about... (laughs) Oh, my
0: God. Not that kind of happy ending. Sicko. I basically just threw up for four hours. (laughs) I was so...
1: That's a sad ending.
0: Uh, I mean, I already had COVID. I tested positive two days later. I was so so sick. I was a disaster.
1: On that note.
0: <laughs> On that happy, happy note.
1: So what are you excited about? What, what's the most exciting part? Maybe that'll be the last question. The, what's the most exciting part about the way you're living life right now? And and that's not just forward spine and sports, not just running marathons, not just lifting weights. I feel like you've both learned a lot through a lot of different uh, life experiences and, and curious what what's exciting today you want to go first
2: um i think there's a lot honestly i mean like there there's always going to be the, the peaks and valleys that come across any given week and month but like ultimately like more directly for the things that you know i have to do routinely throughout the week like it's ours to dictate right like if we wanted to change direction in the next half a year to a year. we wanted to, you know, put in a smoothie shop as part of like the office, like we can do it probably won't, but we could. Right. So like, that's awesome. And I think just being at the helm is, a, is a really empowering feeling because the time that you take and the energy you put into things like really ends up just kind of reinforcing itself. Right. And it can be a big driver and motivator for the other avenues of your life too. like personally with relationships, family, partners, whatever, like little side projects and hustles you want to do. Like it just, it can really kind of help create that domino effect. Right. I think the biggest thing, and this is partially for me is, you know, it's like you try a lot of different things to kind of see what sticks and you kind of have to just like, be as good as you can about like writing those failures off. Right. Because in in my mind, part of what it really is, is kind of like walking up to a whole string of doors and basically just like jiggling the knob, (laughs) see which one opens, jiggle the next knob, see if it opens. Right. Or you could think about like a domino effect. Right. It's just like, I have a little domino knockover. knock over. If I flick it, does it go? Because as soon as it does, it begins the next. Right. And I, I think that's, that's the thing that can be really a big deterrent, right? Because like, fuck, you could spend six, eight, 10 years trying to just knock over dominoes and you just don't get the one that falls. You don't get the door that opens, right? And like, we're all humans. Like everybody wants to have the win. Everybody wants to be successful. It's like, how gritty can you stay through the process? And like, not getting too hung up on the crappy feeling moments is such a big thing. And I think as long as you have the right people to help you keep knocking on the doors or jiggling the knobs or knocking over the dominoes, like that's the biggest thing, because sometimes your hands can get fucking tired. <laughs> and maybe you just need someone to help you jiggle it with you, right? Or knock it over with you. Like that's what you need. So I think that's a big driver for me right now. And like I, Brian knows this. I mean, going back to his earlier comment about saying you know, like the fact that we operate more like brothers, it's like yeah, we have really great days and really great weeks sometimes. And then there's other days where, like, I literally walk out here, I'm like, I'm happy I didn't strangle him today. <laughs> so, like, it's, but that that's normal. I'm like, I knew that coming into it. But at the same time, I think for ultimately, like, where we want to, it, he's still making a face. <laughs> I mean, like...
0: I made I made my, my face <laughs> and then it went away. I'm,
2: it, the same goes for me. Like, I, I know it's true. But, like, I think ultimately for where we want to end up taking the practice and, like, creating the change that we hopefully do with how we get people to think about their bodies, think about using movement as like a tool for health and all these other things about how they like strategize their approach to like running on a training or training plan. Like it's how tangible we can make those goals for people and give them better strategy for them. So like, I know that it's something we're still working towards and we can make it better. And we ideally we still will. And I believe that we are, it's just like, you know, knowing that he's there to support me to help figure out which doors we need to use, right? And I think I think we definitely will get there. It's just going to be a growth process, right? And sometimes growth is slow and sometimes it just clicks and it you know, shoots to the moon.
1: It'd be pretty boring if it were immediate yeah. success. Yeah. O- overnight success
2: is like super cool, but like if you Also pretty boring. If you hit that moonshot right away, right? It's like, oh fuck, we made it to the moon. Like,
1: <laughs> now what? Now what?
2: Yeah, right? So the The experience and the the road is really, you got to embrace, right? Stop, smell the roses, whatever kind of more cliche thing. Pet you the want dogs. To. Pet the dogs. Yeah, pet the dogs, man. <laughs> we had four different dogs in this office today. I kid you not. Like It's a good day. It's a good a, day. It's
1: a, a good barometer of success. <laughs> we don't look at the billings. We look at the dog entries. <laughs> um, I had a birthday party last summer and like 15 dogs came. And I, that was the best barometer of like, do I have good friends? Okay. You pet fifteen dogs. <laughs>
2: that is the right
0: community. Pet fifteen dogs
2: and talk to zero people. <laughs> um, but like, I think I think that's that's a big you know a big thing to stay happy and positive about, right? I mean, even if it feels like you're kind of like nudging yourself to do that, but like it's better to be there or at least try to be there versus overly glum feeling or like you know depressed by the hangups of the process, right? So it's just. Staying, staying
1: with it, I think. Ryan, same question to you. What are you? What are you most excited about right now?
0: Um, I think I'm most excited, and 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 Steve can attest to this because I literally, <laughs> I literally do this. I like <laughs> run around the office like a schoolboy, hugging people, and asking them if they want to change the world. And I'm not joking. <laughs> and I authentically, no bullshit. That's where I feel about life and this practice right now and, and the work we're doing. Because um, it's so funny you asked the, the fear question. I think fear has been probably the biggest driver of my life until
1: the last two years. So sw- I feel like I felt that. Like, like there was a shift. At some point. And, and a lot of it was how you talked in the last podcast around your acceptance and happiness when it comes to training. Mm-hmm. And this was for you. It wasn't for anyone else. And yep. it's so cool to see it realized. And now you speaking about it in this way.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it took a lot of work to get here. I Shout out to Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Second shout, out, third shout out to Dan. Can't wait to talk to him on Monday. And um, I'm talking to him on Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> we can talk about each other.
1: I think that's HIPAA. He's going to be something. like, this is
0: so inappropriate. <laughs> what is wrong with you idiots? Um, but They're yeah. Therapists are bound by HIPAA, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Probably
1: yeah. more
2: like,
0: he's I mean, gonna,
2: he's going to talk to you both. About,
0: like, nine, nine. <laughs> we, we didn't use any last names or license numbers. um I feel like at the beginning of this process, like it was like every decision I made, and Steve can probably attest to it there was like a, a large component of how I made decisions on fear and being scared of mostly like, um, mostly would people get me, and would people get us? and would people show up? And um,
1: The wise Scott Foble said, "Scared money, don't make money."
0: Well, so it's interesting. I think for me, I'm here, right? Like fear has gotten me pretty damn far. But I think there is a very- But the next chapter,
1: I don't think has been led by fear. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a very
0: strong limiter on how far fear can get you. I think it can get you very far. I think it is a useful tool to some extent. And I think now it feels like handcuffs are off. And I mean- I'm, I'm very lucky. There's people in, in my life, Steve, my partner, my dog, but like our community around us who really like, they believe in what we're doing and that it is, it is a higher calling. And I really like, uh, I'm just so excited to look at the future and be like, literally, I, how many times have I said this to you? I was like, whatever we want to do, however many people we want to help, we're going to do it. There's literally nothing stopping us. At nothing. And I, I really believe there's nothing in our way. And that feels fucking amazing. And like, there's my superpower of just being like, we're going to fucking do whatever we want.
2: Love it. Yeah, I really agree. And it's just nuts because I don't, I don't fear this. I feel like I have the human nature tendency to like, maybe like worry about it a little bit more. But like, do I think we'll do well with what we do and like where we want to take this dream of it all? yeah, I think we'll end up crushing it. I worry more about like, will it be something that we kind of build like a legacy about? Like I want want to have like that value and that purposeful meaning, right? Like I don't want to be able to look back on my days whenever that day comes and be like, did I not do enough of what I set out to do, right? Like was there still gas in the tank or was like, did I come in on fumes, right? That's the big thing.
1: Do we have time for one more question? Because I I feel like I can't not ask this one. Okay, you guys have talked a lot about growth and achieving something and doing it your way and changing, changing healthcare. A question that I, or a topic that I come back to a lot is success and defining success. And I'm so curious how you both define success. I have a hypothesis and I want to know. I want to know if it's in line with the other 240 answers. Oh, man. Um,
2: do, you want to, do you want to take a stab at it? Or are, you, are you marinating your thought right now?
1: No marinating. Um, I feel like I'm marinating. A no marinating. Bit no, it's uh, so, just, off the cuff. Shoot from the hip. I mean, honestly, like, look, do I want to be able to, like,
2: ideally live comfortably and, like, things like that and not worry about money? Yeah, but so, do, so does everybody else out there, right? It, that's a great thing to feel successful by and it's nice. But I think for me, like realistically, like, like I was saying, or alluding to with the last question, like I, I want to leave this existence, like knowing, like, I did as much as I could. Like I want to try to help as best as I can. I want to feel like I have meaning and purpose and more like more fulfillment about like the human experience, right? Like if I can help people as many along the way, wonderful. Like if I can get you feeling better and you can do more of the things that you need to do along the way or want to do along the way, fuck. Yeah. Like that's the best thing. And I think, I think that ultimately is for the the big goal because the broader we can get and the more we can do those kinds of things where we're changing the, the amount of ripples we can get farther out. Like that's the biggest thing for me. Like I want to, I want to know Looking back on everything, that I feel good about how impactful I was.
1: And Brian, your answer is going to be: I we get acquired by Gem, right? <laughs> purple,
2: <laughs>
0: the
1: purple cobras.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, success is like. i uh, This question is like complicated for me, right? Like. I think for me, uh, I've been given a lot of really great things in this world. And I would like to use those things to very similar to Steve. Like I want to leave the world a little bit better place than, than how I found it. And I think, I think my calling and I think Steve's calling in this world is to kind of show people that they deserve better than what society has told them they either deserve or like how healthcare is supposed to be. Or your relationship with your body. I just, um, you know, we've been fortunate to have a lot of really great mentors and people who do a lot of research and are very smart, and we get to be instruments of those those people. And so, this is cheesy, but like, if it's, you know, if I leave the world and change one person's mind on their body and what they are able to do with it and their relationship with it, great. I'll go to the grave today because we do that every day. But, to go back to your getting acquired by Gloogen, like <laughs> i my goal is to change the narrative on how people think about pain and their relationship with their body and the function of that body and i I don't think we can do it, I know we can do it, and so I'm not going to put a limiter on what that success means, meaning like. A successful life is the one I'm living, and and feels virtuous and true to me. But also, like, I want to kick down some fucking doors and just like blow it up because I, I just think people deserve better. I think I think in in the running community they deserve better. I think in the pain world they deserve better. And I, I, it feels like to me, my my duty is to be the the servant of that vessel. You know, come hell or high water.
1: Cool. I love it think that's a good place to end <laughs> thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat uh for sharing these answers uh for being real and vulnerable and for the many many years of fantastic treatment it's gonna be good cheers cheers that's it for today's episode like many long runs it's sad when it has to end i hope you join in next time on for the long run and in the meantime happy trails if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too. This podcast and the accompanying music has been produced by Brian Walters of Single Track Sound. For the Long Run's logo was created by Vanessa Wolfe of Sterling Wolf. Show notes have been written by Ruby Wiles and is managed by Emily Holland. It takes a village.